Austin, do you remember how long it took me to find a podcast platform for us? Forever. I ended up finding one called Anchor, and I initially chose it just because it was free. But it also has a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. They also distributed for us, so that's why we ended up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of our other places. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast in just one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Everybody, this is Maddie. This is Austin. And we are Will This Be On The Test, the podcast where we tell you all the things you should have learned in school, but you didn't learn. For whatever reason, whether they just didn't teach it or you weren't paying attention in class like it was me. I paid way too much attention in class and I still come across so many things, especially in history, that I never learned. And we're going to use our podcast to talk about those things, because we've learned them as adults, and it's crazy. Why are we treating this like it's the first episode? I don't know. (laughs) We forgot what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you need reminders. We're here for you. Who am I? 24601. I stole a loaf of bread. Five years for what you did, the rest because you tried to run. I don't remember the rest of these lyrics. Can we do Phantom instead? God, no. No, of course not. Or... Can we do cats? I am so excited to see it. It looks like one of the worst things to ever happen to cinema. Yeah, it looks real bad. And they, after the first preview, fixed, quote unquote, the face stuff, which I mentioned last time as being definitely not true and a marketing gimmick. They're doing it again. They've already released the movie and are releasing an update. Now, from what I understand, that's not uncommon. But for them to redo the CGI on about 3,000 cats' faces, something tells me this is a, an attempt to get people to see it twice. I don't care. I'm going to see this movie because I love movies like The Room and everything Nicolas Cage has ever done. And this movie is pulling at all of the right strings for me and my love of awful movies that no one should ever watch. That said, I read a really good series of tweets. I wish I could remember who it was. I read them aloud to you. It was... How cats may be bad, but that's only if you've never seen Starlight Express. The uh, trains on roller skates as dreamt by a child. Yes, and that child seems weirdly obsessed with the train's sex lives. He probably should call CPS and see what's going on in that house. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I've seen this show. I blocked it out of my mind afterwards. And you know me. If I was seeing some kind of extravaganza on roller skates, there is no way I should have blocked that out. Oh, man, this must be really bad, because you remember that community theater production of Cats in vivid detail. I really, really do. Community theaters, you shouldn't do Cats. I love you. I think community theater is in many ways better than professional theater. Yes. There are some shows that don't belong at the community theater level. Yeah. Cats is good because of the tech, and unless you have an extremely well-funded community theater, in which case, great for you, it's not possible to pull off in a reasonable situation. Well, we are heading into the Christmas week, which means that the insanity has, of course, begun. Insanity began before Halloween this year. Oh, it was, it's, a, it's crazy. It gets crazier every year. And, of course, that means that we're heading into the multitude of Christmas celebrations that my family holds. We're going to our first one tonight, and then we've got two or three more in the pipe. Yeah. But they're always... They're always just something else. Um, you know, everyone. They are very memorable. <laughs> yeah, everyone though 
Austin, how did you put it? Everybody there seems to be having a good time in the end. Yes. Well, because we're going into this holiday, we both have prepared holiday-related things, Christmas-related things, to be honest, because that's what we know. But these are things that we didn't know about this holiday we grew up celebrating. It is quite literally Hanukkah right now when we're doing Christmas. I know. But at the same time, since we don't come from that background, it's kind of harder to find funny things in other religions. And that seems yeah. kind of mean. You know, it's it, like looking at other traditions, like, look at that! But then making jokes doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, like, this is being self-deprecating because we grew up with Christmas. Yes. As did 90% of Americans, which I will get into. Oh. So I'm going first this week. I started out by just researching how Christmas became December 25th. So Christmas, as you probably know, in most of the world is December 25th. We can't go changing people's birthdays after all, so it has no. to be December 25th. It's always been December 25th. Of course, it has to be December 25th. I mean, if we could change it, everybody who had a birthday within a month of Christmas would change their birthday. Oh my god, if I could change my birthday to any day, I would make it the 4th of July, because I'd always have the day off, and I could make a day more about me and less about our country, because, I mean, come on. It would be really funny, though, if you went, you went to the parade that goes in front of our literal house and you held up a sign saying, it's my birthday, give me candy, just to see how good of a haul we get, because the kids get everything. Oh, they do. And, like, they just walk by us, like, disdainfully. It's like, hello, we're inconveniencing you for an entire morning. We've actually been cussed at by people in the parade. We have. But that's a whole other topic. Ugh. So hopefully most of you know that December 25th was... Almost definitely not actually Jesus's date of birth. I was aware that wasn't his actual day of birth. It was like springtime, I want to say. Well, many scholars believe that Jesus's birthday was in the spring or in the fall. Okay. This is because of evidence that comes directly from the Bible. <laughs> For instance, the most basic piece of evidence. There were shepherds out sheep herding. Do they tend to do that in the winter, Austin? I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about what's going on in... Bethlehem. I don't know what the climate is. Cold. It's winter. It's cold. It's winter. Then maybe? No. Okay. Shepherds tend to do their work in the warmer months. During the cold months, the sheep are corralled into one area, so they're easier to keep an eye on, and it's easier for them to stay warm when they're huddled in a group. Sheep aren't very smart. The Golden Bough by James George Fraser, an anti-anthropologist in 1890, is considered one of the best resources for why we celebrate on December 25th. He argued that the date was chosen to, quote, transfer the devotion of heathens from the sun to him who was called the son of righteousness. And actually, during a lot of this, sun, in terms of Jesus, was spelled S-U-N, like the new light, the new day. Ooh. So they were taking kind of their traditions around that same time and trying to move them from their worship of sun-related things to son of God-related things. So... What I'm gathering from this is, since this obviously worked, when, like, the church is trying to be cool and has a really bad pun-based faith thing, that's historically accurate. Yeah. Wow. Another piece of evidence against this being Jesus's actual birthday is that Mary and Joseph were traveling for the census when they got stuck at the outside of the inn. Though we don't know when the census was, it was likely during either Passover or, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, I'm sorry, I don't speak Hebrew. Second, S-U-K-K-O-T. Passover is in the spring. Second, oh god, I forgot to write down when it was. I think it was in the fall. Those were times when a lot of Jewish people would be traveling to Jerusalem anyway. 
they wouldn't they try to get all of these impoverished people from all over the world to try to travel a completely separate time just for a census. So anyway, speaking of censuses, uh, do your census stuff. It's important. Another possibility for Sucket, Sucot, I'm so sorry, is that people lived outside in temporary shelters during that holiday to remember those who lived in the desert for 40 years. When they said that there was no room at the inn, it could have literally meant that they were not having rooms at the inn in celebration of this event. You were expected to sleep outside. Wow. So basically it wasn't like Joseph was bad at travel and didn't book his room ahead of time? Possibly. Wow. I mean, come on, guys. Just use Expedia. What are you doing? It's like, did they not even have the internet? I know. And then finally, the star of Bethlehem would have been most likely to show up in either the spring or the fall. There are a lot of other pieces of evidence, but I won't go into all of them. Christmas itself didn't exist until the third century, as in 300 years after his birth. Another side note, he was likely born in about 4 BCE, so four years before he was born was when he was born. (laughs) But anyway. His birthday must be so confusing. And also, like, Molly Ringwald, they missed her 16th birthday, and she was very upset. They missed, like, Jesus's like, first through 300th, or I guess negative fourth through 300th birthday. Okay, do you think his birthday, though, is like Kids of Divorce, where he gets to have one with one family and then one with his other dad? That is so weird. Okay, I don't know how the Holy Trinity works, but I assume that means he gets three birthdays. It depends on which religion you follow, actually. There are some in which the Trinity is separate. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, separate entities. But then in religions like Catholicism, they're all the exact same thing, which I went to Catholic school. I still don't understand it. That sounds like an excuse just to buy him one birthday present. I know. And Austin, you've got a birthday near Christmas. You've dealt with that. Yeah. It's like, we're combining them this year. It's like, cool. No, that's great if it's something huge. It's never was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're getting, let's uh, let's say something that's 500 bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Go ahead and combine things. Hell, I've had things combined for Christmas and my birthday before, and they're months apart because it was a bigger thing, and I am unbored. But if you're getting a pair of socks, buy them two. Oh, I mean, they did buy two. Socks. (laughs) Sorry, I thought you liked my present. (laughs) I love socks. Okay, as an adult, socks are the best present, and... Socks and underwear, man. Dude, children don't know how good they have it. Their socks are so much cooler than ours, too. Yeah, I mean, I've got... Mine say bad. Never mind. Mine say bad words on them. Yeah, but for us to get a cool pair of socks as an adult, they're thirteen bucks a pair. Yeah, spend that much money on a cool pair of socks. So where was I? Until the third century, the Epiphany was the nearest major holiday. The Epiphany basically means that's when God was revealed as a deity through Jesus' existence to the Magi or the three wise men. So the Epiphany is when the wise men show up, basically, and are like, "Oh, look, it's a god." So if we say that Jesus was born on December 25th, Epiphany is on January 6th. That means that they had to hang out in that manger for two weeks. I guess like maybe the hotels were all booked. Maybe that was the only room and they're just hanging out with this family. It's like, wait, have you noticed that halo around that kid and all of these shepherds and that angel who's holding a star above us? And that sheep hasn't moved in two weeks. Is it dead? And if you're anything like my family, you replaced baby Jesus in his manger with various Lego figures. December 25th was first recorded as the Christmas holiday in 336 CE. And as is the legend, it was likely to coincide with the pagan holidays that happened at that time. Basically to say to the pagans, look, we're not that different, but we will kill you if you don't convert. So... 
Pope Julius I picked December 25th. They originally called it the Feast of the Nativity, and though it spread as far as Egypt within the next hundred or so years, it didn't hit England until the late 600s, or Scandinavia, where they have the most baller Christmas celebrations, oh my God. Like, until the 8th century. They're making up for lost time. Mm-hmm. Prior to the Scandinavians getting it, they had a celebration called Yule that started on December 21st. And they burned a log, several logs, but there was like a main log, I guess. They burned this log and then they basically ate nonstop until it burned out, which could take an average of 12 days. But the cool belief they had with this is that every spark that came off of the log was going to be a new calf or pig that would be born that year. Ooh. I love that kind of stuff. This is, what is a wonderful holiday tradition. It's got fire. It's got food. It's got potential pigs. So it's the 4th of July. Yeah. The real reason Austin wants his birthday there is because of all the pigs. All the barbecue. 40 to 50 wild hogs. That's why we have so many (laughs) AR-15s stockpiled at every door in this house. NSA guy, we do not have any AR-15s. Like, we don't make AR-15 kind of money. (laughs) I mean, don't criminals just steal them? Those are expensive hobby toys for grown-ass men. These are, gun collecting is Barbies for lonely, sad adults. And that's coming from a gun owner. Yeah. But they are not AR-15s. No. Honestly, they probably couldn't do a lot of damage unless... No, nah. they're there. They couldn't do a lot of damage in terms of number of people, because you'd get tackled before you could reload. Yes. <laughs> His guns are, like, from the 1740s or something. Yeah. They, they work. They work. He used to go hunting. Anyway, they used it to coincide with Saturnalia, which was a pagan festival held in mid-December in honor of their agricultural god, which shockingly was Saturn. It started as a one-day event, but became a week-long festival starting December, that's not right, uh, involving December 25th, which was halfway through. Now, Christmas is known for its greenery, its soft candlelight, spirit of togetherness. That's what Saturnalia was. They hung these wreaths and other similar plants. They wore bright-colored clothing, and they didn't allow their slaves to work. And in fact, some of them had their slaves eat at the head of their table and be served by them. Ooh. Which is nice until you remember the fact that there are 364 other days in the year. And then they also partied like crazy. And they gave gifts like candles, which we still, well, not still really, but if you look at pictures from like the 1940s, candles are everywhere. I mean, there are still candles everywhere. Kids, if you don't know what to get your mother or mother-in-law, get her a Yankee candle. If you've got a friend who is a middle or high school girl and you don't know what to get them, get them a candle. If it's like... Your first Christmas with your girlfriend and you're not entirely sure what you should get her? Get her a candle. Get her a fragrant jewels. Yes. Actually, don't do that on the first Christmas because it has rings in it and that is going to Oh, that could, that, could go, that could go real bad. Don't get her that. Another reason that December 25th was chosen may have been that people believed that Jesus was born and died on the same day. The Annunciation, a celebration of the day Mary was told that she as a 14-year-old was going to have to pop out a kid is celebrated on March 25th, which is exactly nine months before December 25th. Although pregnancy is not even exactly nine months. I think it's like nine and a half. I I don't there's have some, There's some wiggle room in there. Yeah, but like if you're full term, I think it's nine and a half. So Jesus was born early. That said, some people think the crucifixion was on April 6th. So for him to have been born and died on the same day, it, he would have had to be born in April. And we're also celebrating the Annunciation on the wrong day. <laughs> And the thing is, the Bible itself in the book of John says that Jesus was crucified when the Passover lambs were being slaughtered. Passover is in April. 
So I don't know really where we're getting any of these dates from at this point. I got no idea. It may also be related to the fact that Jesus was Jewish and Hanukkah is also celebrated in this time of year. Side note, like I mentioned, I went to Catholic school and I went there for seventh and eighth grade. And in eighth grade, one of my teachers mentioned that Jesus was Jewish. You'd think that Catholic school kids would know this, but the amount of shock in the room, I still don't get it. Like, I didn't know Jesus was Jewish, but I hadn't gone to Catholic school. I mean, it's like one of those things It's like, oh, yeah, I guess he was because he just, yeah, Jesus was Jewish. It's like a, you just don't, it's like a little like <sighs> logical disconnect that when it's pointed out to you, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's something you think would have been mentioned before eighth grade in a Catholic school. Otherwise, it would have meant that Jesus worshipped himself, which goes against the teachings of Jesus, which are like, well, I, be I, nice I, to other people. Yeah. Uh, theology's weird. Theology is super weird. It's like, we're, of course, we're talking about how weird theology is, is but uh, you ask me a Pokemon question, and I am fucking down. Now, even with all of this, it's worth noting that Christmas is not universally celebrated on December 25th. In places where Orthodox and Coptic churches are common, they still use the Julian calendar, making Christmas January 7th. Other places celebrate it on relatively similar days, including parts of the UK who continue their original January 6th celebrations, calling it Old Christmas. And a lot of it comes down to they lost 12 days of Christmas. Because remember, 12 days of Christmas was the original thing. It wasn't it just one all, day. It is also the worst Christmas song. Like, how many goddamn partridges do you need? And also, where did they get these maids of milking? Because that means that there are all these girls that you have, I I assume, enslaved, and all these cows. And all of these lords. It's like you have, like, gotten the nobility involved. Well, that's kind of where Christmas started. It's it's pretty short, like I said, but I thought it was interesting. So it's a little short. I'm going to go into the history of United States Christmas now. Okay. In the United States, the pilgrims did not celebrate it. The Puritans did not celebrate it. The Puritans did not celebrate it for a variety of reasons. One is that birthdays themselves were pagan celebrations because to celebrate birthdays is to kind of make yourself a a false idol situation. That the traditions in Christmas were also pagan, which is true. And the Bible itself doesn't support the date. They just wanted some facts. Then after the American Revolutions, Americans stopped celebrating it because it was a British holiday and fuck the British. We'll hand out presents on a different day. Please, we didn't have any money for presents. We le- Remember what we learned about those continental dollars oh, that the yeah. government made people buy and then stole from them? Yep. There was no money for presents unless you were Timothy Dexter. And he would never buy anybody a present. So it wasn't until the early 1800s that Americans really started to celebrate it. During the Civil War, the holiday was actually a day off from the fighting. After the war, there was shockingly continuing unrest. People were not especially happy that, you know, they weren't allowed to own other people anymore or that they had had to fight against their own loved ones. It was just a bad time. And then when things finally started to, like, calm down just a little bit, the KKK showed up. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant comes in. So Grant kept trying to find ways to unite the country, and he started pushing for Christmas celebrations. He believed that having Christmas exist would be a really good way to get people together. My stupid phone deleted the date, but I believe it was in 1870 that he made it a federal holiday. Up until that point, even like Senate had been meeting on December 25th. It wasn't a holiday in any way. The celebrations combined a mix of Irish, Austrian, Polish, and Belgian traditions for the most part. But of course, there were ones that were unique to their own cultures. I've known people of all religions who celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like... 
and backgrounds and everything. Oh, I, I was reading this thing. Apparently in Japan, it is like a big thing to get KFC and celebrate Christmas American style. That's awesome. And, but there's like a huge waiting list. And you have to get your like KFC meal order in way ahead of time. And it's like, it's, a, it's almost like fancy KFC there. KFC is one of those things that I forget exists. And when I have it, it makes my fucking day. See, last time I had KFC, it was the one that's like, it was the one down in Gardner. And I got violently ill. No, that's not the last time my mom sent some over. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, never mind. That's good. It redeemed itself. It redeemed itself. So today, it's becoming more more and more secular. And it's a holiday about togetherness, family, presence. Modern Christmas really started in the post-war era of 1946 to 1964. This is when all of those like really amazing Christmas movies were made, except for I think A Christmas Story came later, but that movie bothers me. We began to figure out what foods we were going to eat, what how we were going to decorate, all of that. We also began making our own ornaments during this time because we had previously relied on Germany for all of that. <sighs> First White House Christmas card was sent out by Eisenhower in 1953. And this is kind of cool. He actually was an artist. And he worked with Hallmark to create the design. And then when Kennedy became president, Jackie Kennedy's own artwork was on the cards. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mall Santa started showing up. And NORAD's tracking of Santa's sleigh began in 1955. That was like one of my favorite things as a kid. I loved watching the news. And I remember back before they had it as you know, a big ass sleigh, it was just a little like radar dot. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I liked that so much more than the sleigh because... Nor I would just have a little radar dot. Yeah. It's neat. Do you know how that started? How did that start? It's so cool. It was an accident. Really? Yeah. In 1955, a, there was an advertisement in a Colorado Springs newspaper encouraging kids to call Santa on the phone. They had a typo in the phone number and had them calling NORAD instead. Oh, no. Or as it was called then, the Continental Air Defense. And they got a hold of a guy named Colonel Harry Shoup. Now, Harry Shoup could have told the kids to fuck off. He could have... Just started hanging up whenever a kid's voice come on. But instead, he told all of his dispatchers to start updating the kids on where Santa was. <laughs> and so three years later, it became an official thing, and they've done it ever since. <laughs> I love that. That is so nice. That is like a nice little wholesome history thing that we never get. I because it's know. always plenty of the elder peeing on someone or genocide. So thanks for that, Harry Shoup, because that's still, like, bringing a lot of joy. Even I still enjoy it today. Yeah, me too, and I am a jaded, jaded man. (laughs) He gets coal in his stocking every year. I say bah humbug, unironically this time of year. Out of nowhere, it's like bah humbug. The thing is, he doesn't. He actually has a Christmas playlist, and it's Christmas music, which I was not expecting it to be. Uh, There is one rule, and it's no Mariah Carey. But all she wants for Christmas is you, Austin. I know, and that's so creepy. It's like, go away, Mariah Carey. So let's get into some more modern things. According to a 2017 Pew survey, 90% of Americans celebrate Christmas, while Wikipedia says that only 65% of Americans are Christian. Only 46% of those people, though, celebrate it as a religious holiday. Shockingly, millennials were the most likely to say they didn't celebrate it as a religious holiday. Though we hear... All of these horrors of people going, how dare you say happy holidays? You're killing Christmas. Oh my god, you remember when they had the red cup at Starbucks? Instead of it saying Jesus and stuff? Yeah. Guys, there are like, I think there are 27 other holidays this month or something. Just be Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, be cool. 
I actually never said happy holidays or Merry Christmas unless somebody said it to me first when I yeah. went retail. I told them to have a nice day. Yeah, whenever I, I would really, when someone would say Merry Christmas, I'd respond with Merry Christmas. If they said happy holidays, I would respond with happy holidays. I would never initiate it. I got a lot of happy Hanukkahs, and I'm like, you too, that's great. Yeah. So, in reality, 52%, according to that Pew survey, say they don't give a shit what people say to them. 32% said they really wanted Merry Christmas, and 15% work most comfortable with a general holiday greeting. So, most people don't care what you say. It's just a very loud minority that also made it so that Hallmark pulled uh, commercials. <laughs> Hallmark, get your shit together. They, they did get their shit together, and they realized that by pulling that commercial, oh, it's stupid Hallmark. I could go into it, but I won't. Yeah. And then, so you still see religious surf, uh, symbols like nativity scenes on government property. 26% of people say they do not want that under any circumstances. 29%, so this is now over 50% of the population, say they're fine with it as long as they do the same for other religious celebrations. So if you have a nativity scene, you should also have a, uh, a menorah up there. So to wrap up, here are a few fun Christmas traditions in the United States. Okay. In many places, you can do various local popular everyday activities like rock climbing or boating with Santa. In Wisconsin, they eat your favorite food instead of turkey or ham. Ludafisk. Oh my god. Okay, for those of you who don't know what ludafisk is, it is a uh, Scandinavian uh, preserved fish, which doesn't use much salt. They use lye to pickle cod, and then, because lye is toxic, they have to soak it and get all that poison out of there. And it turns it into this kind of fish jello. Austin has tried it. I have not. I tell. I will try anything. I he got me to try pickled herring, which was oh my the God. devil. Oh, what I love pickled herring. You are welcome to have it. I just won't be partaking. The only place I can find it is at Costco, and it's like a gallon tub of pickled herring. In California, there is a Laguna Niguel surf surfing Santa competition, which is exactly what it sounds like. And apparently in Kansas City, Missouri, playing the tuba is a grand tradition. Tuba Christmas. Okay, we have lived here uh, for decades between us. Uh-huh. This is the first I've heard about tuba Christmas. I've heard of tuba Christmas. I didn't know it was a thing. And apparently there's up to 500 tuba players involved. That's a lot of tuba players. Can you imagine how loud? Is this like on Christmas? Is this the thing we can go to? I think so, yeah. And I, the picture I saw, at least one of them was dressed as Santa while playing the tuba. Oh my god, like that Doctor Who episode. Which one? Uh, the one where it's Christmas and they've got the robotic Santas with missile-firing tubas. It'd be so much cooler if ours fired missiles. So clearly, I need to learn how to play the tuba. I need to dress up as robot Santa. And I need to construct a missile. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the NSA is really listening in today. My personal favorite that I would actually like to engage in is in Great River Road, Louisiana where they have giant bonfires along the Mississippi that are supposed to help guide Santa. Aww. I love it. I love it so much. Another cool one is in Mystic Seaport, Connecticut, where they put an interactive play loosely based on a Christmas carol, and people are led through the streets by actors who are carrying lanterns. It's a lantern-lit thing. And then here's the terrifying one to me. In Mobile, Alabama, okay. people dress up as elves for Elfapalooza and do all kinds of elf-related activities. Thousands of fucking elves. Ugh. The most elves, though, in a single location is a record held by held by people in Bangkok. And then for you, Austin. This one's just for you. It's just more so than the Lutefisk. Just for me? Because I know that you don't actually like Lutefisk. In Delaware, there is a very large Swedish population. And they still celebrate and believe in the Tomten. They are little spirits that were in 
most traditions mischievous and even vengeful. But now they're kind of jolly, you know, like they oh, always yeah. end up. And so kids leave out milk for them in exchange for gifts. Aw. It's like stuff like this, you know? That is so nice, because like, I also heard about a horrifying Christmas tradition this week uh-huh. that happens in America. It's called SantaCon. Oh, no. It's where a bunch of adult men dress up as Santa and get wasted and like lay waste to the city of New York. Like, I know there are legitimate Santa conventions that are people like mall Santas who go and learn how to Santa better. I cannot wait until you go all gray, because you will be such a good Santa. I'm, be like, I'm, I'm already jolly. I love, I actually enjoy children. He really likes kids. Ugh. They're, they're disgusting. And I like, it's like, this way, it's like, oh, cool. This gross kid that I don't like, I can just put up with for a minute. And then we get this cavalcade of adorable ones. Yeah, and he does have already a very full, luxurious beard. But most people focus on their own personal family traditions. My favorite for my family is when my brother and I go stop, uh, shopping for my mom's stocking. See, when we were kids, my dad did a lot of the work, but he died when I was 12. My brother was 10. So we, I remember, I don't, I don't think it was the next Christmas because everything was still a blur, but maybe the Christmas after we realized that nobody was going to have a stocking for mom. And that made us, like, we didn't know what to do because we couldn't drive yet. We probably got my grandma to drive us. And so we started it. We've been doing that for 20 years now, I guess. Wow. Oh, she got some really good stuff this year. I got to see some of it. She is going to love it. So, like, every single year, uh, when we're in the same city anyway, we get together to buy all of her stocking stuffers. And we get so many, the entire mantle just ends up covered. And we randomly got her a pair of slippers one year and she really loved them so we get her a pair every year but we couldn't just get normal slippers that were actually useful i don't know why would you ever do that we try to up the game every year my favorite so far is this pair of like bear's feet like bear paws with big claws on them i can't share the one from this year but i really like it this comes out before christmas though i do uh one of my family traditions and this is this is just a weird random one that was started by my grandpa wayne we would go to church on christmas eve and they'd always have, like, that candlelit thing where, like, they, everyone would light a candle and sing Silent Night. Well, uh, Grandpa Wayne wouldn't wait for the guy to come by with the candle lighter. He'd whip out his lighter and start offering it to people around him. <laughs> and, Isn't the whole point to show you, like, one community? Yeah! <laughs> and, he, and as a joke. And then, to continue this, my sister and I, every Christmas, we're with, we would bring a lighter with us and we just, like, you know, so it's like, hey, Mom, Mom, you like that? Do you like that? <laughs> I never got to meet your grandpa Wayne. It makes me sad. Oh yeah, he was he was a character. What was it you said about him that he would he was he had one arm. Yeah, he had one arm. And he would drive while drinking coffee, smoking a cigarette, and waving at you at the same time. And it was a manual transmission. Yeah, it's <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating, but I've been in the truck when he did that and it's it was impressive. He like tur- he and somehow he's still like able to turn the car while doing all of this. It was mostly magic. Yes, and this is a PSA, guys. Don't have your arm out the car window. Yeah, that's uh, my Grandpa Wayne made it through World War II. He got a Purple Heart for some shrapnel. But when he made it back to America, he was driving along with his arm hanging out the window, and he got sideswiped and lost it. So kids, don't leave your arms hanging out the window. I was an arm hanger until I got with Austin, and he would get really nervous, and he wouldn't tell me why at first. <laughs> it was so, it was like, I was like, oh, what do I have to it's like, that's the kind of thing you're supposed to tell someone, is yeah. that this makes me nervous because, and then it's up to them whether or not they change the habit. But now I mostly drive with the car window closed anyway, which is probably good for considering that car accident we got into, because otherwise my neck would have snapped real hard. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing. 
Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Are you ready for your questions? I'm ready for some questions. So these are, will they be on the test? You don't have to answer them. Will the fact that Jesus was likely born in the fall or the spring be on the test? Of course not. That's really confusing. Yeah, I feel like most of these tests would be just a general history of Christmas, which they still do in school. Yeah. Anyway, will the fact that Christmas was made a federal holiday to help mend the North and South be on the test? Yes. I like that fact. That's a good fact. It's a lot better than why Thanksgiving became a holiday. It was, I mean. Or why it became the holiday it is. And it's related to the Civil War, so, like, that is, like, history test gold. I'm really surprised I never learned that, actually. In school, I didn't even learn about that uh, Christmas Day truce, which was not Civil War. It was, that was World, World War One. World War One, where people on both sides stopped fighting for the day and, like, had snowball fights and gave presents and then had to fight again. Will the fact that 90% of Americans celebrate Christmas despite only 65% being Christian be on the test? Oh, no, because if that um, that very vocal portion of, like, no, the 30% who gets really mad about people saying happy holidays hears that, they'll throw a shit fit. <laughs> They're taking our holiday. They've already ruined Christmas. And it's funny, it's like, you don't you want them to celebrate Christmas? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that like the gateway drug to Christianity? You get presents and candy and... Ludafisk and... Oh, Ludafisk. <laughs> okay, you don't give them Ludafisk to convince them to go to Christianity. You give them Ludafisk to convince them to stay out of Wisconsin. <laughs> so that is a couple of different historical things about Christmas. What do you have for us? Is it, well, I'm glad, is it as jolly as I'm, mine? I'm glad we segued into talking about like learning about Christmas in schools, because I remember in school we learned like all of these, like, Christmas celebrations that were different than what we did in other countries. Like how in France, they don't call him Santa. He's called Father Christmas. And how in the Netherlands, they don't leave out stockings for Santa. They leave out wooden shoes that get chocolates and oranges in them. I love it. I know people who do that, even though they're not from that area, because it's just so cute. Yeah. So like all these little cute little things. However, since we're on the topic of the Netherlands, no, we did not learn about Black Peter in elementary school. I actually had a friend kind of explain it to me. Because my first reaction upon seeing it was, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to the fact that the most of the rest of the world does not have the blackface connotations. It is not based on any kind of thing like that. It is completely separate. So if you see people talking about, is it black-footed Peter? Uh, black Peter. I think it's, it's Vart Peter. Um, if you see people talking about that, sharing images of that, they're not talking about blackface. They're not talking about minstrel shows. They're not saying, hey, that was a great idea. It's a completely different culture. So leave them alone. And of course, you know, ne- moder- in modern times, you learn all about the Krampus because he has gotten real popular. Austin has a Krampus sweater and a Krampus mini. It's true. I'm painting him right now. He's got a bundle of sticks and a toothy grin. Perfect for eating children. And let's not forget uh, Dwight Schrute's favorite. What was it? Uh, uh, Belschnickel. Belschnickel. Who I think is probably real, too. It's all... Yeah, Belschnickel is... <laughs> oh, my God. They're... One of my favorite things to ever teach was fairy tales and folk tales, and stuff from that part of the world is the bomb. Well, this week, we're going to talk about a country that took all of these, like, Christmas monsters and cranked it up to 11. Are you going to be talking about my brother? We're going to be talking about Iceland and your brother. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna get this started off with the mama of all these monsters, Gryla, the giantess or ogress or troll, who lives in the mountains and eats children. Yes. So originally she was just a 
beggar who lived in a hut who would come in town into town and ask parents for disobedient children so she could eat them. And you could get rid of her just by giving her food or just like asking her to go away. This is such a common thing in other cultures and not just this is Scandinavia. Uh, Iceland. Yeah. So not just that part of the world, but other parts too. Like there, I read something about an Asian country that also scares their children to not go in the ocean for with similar things. Mm-hmm. Of course, in America, we're like that's child abuse. It works, and it they works. they don't grow up scared of the ocean. They eventually, you know, go into fishing like a lot of people in their culture do. So that was originally it, but she got more and more monsters as time went by. First of all, she got kicked out of her hut, and now she lives in a cave. She can now sense disobedient children. So she was a teacher. Yes. She um, (laughs) carries them off in a sack and boils them alive in a stew. She has an insatiable hunger, but is never short of bad kids to eat. She also has had several husbands. When she gets bored with them, she does kill and eat them. Are they like young husbands? No, these are like other like ogres and giants. Okay. And of course... Um, one historian said, I guess she was Iceland's first feminist. Good for her! And of course, she has had dozens of unnamed kids with all of these various husbands. Oh, so she did have kids. Did she eat them? Maybe. They don't really talk about them. But she does have her uh, her current husband, Nepa Lothi. He is a lazy oaf that Gryla just abuses constantly and berates. She's the father of her most fir- her most famous 13 children, the Yule Lads. I love the Yule Lads! She was not always associated with just Christmas. She kind of became like the year-round like boogie woman of Iceland. Like every time a child would misbehave or anything related to children or just everything, or if you just wanted to scare a kid because you're feeling mean at the time, she was involved. Yeah, she was just the general threat for all occasions. I love it. I love it. Yeah, let me read you this trans- Kind of like Elf on the Shelf is in December for us. Yeah, let me read you this translated poem from the 13th century. Down comes Gryla from the far fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of children who cry for meat during Lent. I'm imagining Dwight Schrute reading that. Yeah, I was channeling a little bit of Dwight energy. I'll tell you, though, Lutherans don't have Lent, right? We do. We just care a little bit less about it. Yeah. See, Catholics, we have Lent. And it used to be you couldn't eat meat at all during Lent. But now it's just you can't eat meat on Fridays. And my family didn't observe that until I went to Catholic school. And then only I observed it because I was in Catholic school. It was hard. But did you know that capybaras are considered fish in parts of the world and allowed to be <laughs> eaten during Lent? Yeah, that makes sense. They are that in makes the water. perfect sense. So apparently if anything's in the water, it's a fish. And that's why she was able to eat the children during Lent. I knew it. Well, I mean, Gryla's not Catholic. Well, she's mad about Lent. But she's just mad about children who are being whiny. And of course, like all terrifying old women, she also had a cat. This was, I'm going to mangle this one, but it's Yul Koturin, the Yule cat. Originally, this cat was just a reminder for you to process all of your wool for new clothes for for Christmas, or else this cat's going to show up and eat your food. You know, it's like, not awful, but- we, ha- we have a cat that just shows up and eats your food. Austin was eating a sausage stick yesterday, and all of a sudden our cat liked him. Yeah, yeah. It was like, he was purring so loud. Maybe so- he still smelled like sausage, and that's Maybe. why he showed up on the bed last night and just stood over you leering well, and purring. Um, save the sausage material for later, because we're going to get into it. Oh, no. But this is Iceland. 
it got terrifying. Now it's a cat that will eat anyone who isn't wearing new clothes on Christmas. And because parents are evil, new clothes were given to kids who had finished their chores. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So let me let me break this down. Let's say, for instance, little Jonathan, I guess that's an Icelandic sounding name, right? I have no idea. Didn't finish his chores. So he's not going to get these new socks. The Yule Cat sees that you're not wearing new socks and eats your dinner, which translates to your parents don't give you dinner. You go to bed and your feet are cold because you're not wearing new socks. You're hungry and you spend the entire night in existential dread that a giant cat is coming to eat you. So you better believe that little Jonathan is taking out the garbage next time. That little shit. We should start that in our house, Austin. Beware, Matty, <laughs> for you have left a yogurt lid in the sink again and the Yule Cat is coming for you. <laughs> Hey, I have gotten so much better about leaving yogurt lids in the sink. I'm very proud of you. My threats of Yule Cats have worked. <laughs> I've just been throwing, I've been throwing Fezzik at her and yelling, Yule Cat! <laughs> it's, it's impressive because Fezzik weighs about 300 pounds. It's true. He's like a shot put. I've given some major upper body workouts. <laughs> We're going to go on to my favorite part of this. Okay. And the, the one part you actually have heard of before. And it's the Yule Lads. These are her 13 adult sons who get up to mischief. Before Christmas. So let me introduce these them. These are the Yule Cat sons, right? No, these are Gryla's sons. Oh, okay. Please, the Yule Cat's just her cat. These are her just her creepy adult sons that haven't moved out yet. Just like in the musical Cats, I'm going to spend a huge amount of time introducing a bunch of people with weird names and weird gimmicks. Do we get to kill one of them and be happy about it at the end? I mean, there's a lot. I feel like we kill a lot of them and be very happy about it. Okay. Let's start off with Sheep Coat Claude. He harasses sheep but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. So he's chasing around sheep, but he's got peg legs, so he's not very good at it. Then there's Gully Gawk. He hides in gullies and waits to steal milk from the cow shed. Then there's, then there's Stubby! Stubby! Stubby. There was a weird newspaper article about her mother that implied that she'd had five children. It didn't imply that. It flat out said yeah, that. Yeah, it said that she'd had five children. She only had two. It was an article. She was nominated. Maybe she won. I can't remember. Sorry, Mom. A teaching award? And they did this piece on her, and they're like, a single mother of five children. Which turned to my brother and me going, wait, we have siblings? What's, what's going, I asked if I was still the oldest, and she said no. <laughs> so my brother and I invented one of them. The other two are gone, but Stubby remains. And it gets real, real offensive. Stubby is not unlike the one with the peg legs. Yep. <laughs> he has little stubby arms, but he has a hand that sticks out of his chest. and. When the weather is nice, he's chained up in the backyard. <laughs> but the, when the weather is not nice, he gets locked in the basement. So let's talk about the real Stubby. He's really short, and he steals pans to eat the crust left on them. That's what our Stubby does, too. Then we get to Spoon Licker. He uh, steals and licks wooden spoons, and he is known for being very skinny and malnourished. Well, if all he gets to eat is with left on spoons. And wooden spoons, too, so it's Getting like splintery. Then there's Pot Scraper. He basically steals your leftovers. He grabs pots so he can eat leftovers too. And there's Bowl Licker, who waits under your bed for you to put down your bowl so he can steal it. See, that's why you don't eat in your bedrooms. Yeah, don't eat in your bed. That's where Bowl Licker shows up. Then there's Door Slammer, who slams doors, especially at night, to wake people up. Then there's one of my favorites, Skier Gobbler. He just loves yogurt. So do I! I bet he leaves his lids in the sink too. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he's the one that's been doing that. It is before Christmas. That yogurt lid was just Skier Gobbler playing his Christmas pranks. Where was I? Oh, then there's Sausage Swiper. He hides in the rafters to steal your sausages. Well, I guess it's be back when sausages were hanging from your rafters. Yeah, 
Window peeper. He peeks in your windows looking for things to steal. Doorway sniffer. <laughs> he has a big nose and he uses it to hunt for his favorite food. Leaf bread. Or it's loaf broad. It's kind of a like multi-layered cake thing. Oh. It's like a bunch of pancakes stacked, stacked on each other with leaf patterns cut into it. I at least kind of saw a picture of it in a brief description. I've never had it. Okay. But yeah, he loves leaf bread and he's got a big nose for finding leaf bread. Good for him. Then there's meat hook. He steals meat with a hook. He sounds terrifying. Oh, he is terrifying. And then there's my favorite, candle stealer. He uh, follows children around in the dark so he can steal their candles and eat them. Mean. Yeah, so basically he's like a little creepy guy who's going to run up and take your candle and leave you in the dark with candle stealer as he's eating your candle. How has there not been like a legitimate horror movie about these things? We had Krampus a couple years ago. So you might think that these were just to teach kids how to behave. No, these were just pranks. And some sources, it was like basically an excuse for adults to misbehave around their children and scare them. I love it. I didn't didn't see if that was confirmed or not. That was just one person's opinion. But I kind of wish it was true. And of course, these guys sound adorable and cute, but not really. They were also homicidal maniacs in mythology. They would murder people. And it got to be so bad that in 1746, the king of Denmark actually passed a law to stop people in Iceland from terrifying their children with these tales because it was breaking kids. They were so scared of all of this stuff. They wouldn't leave home. They were just like neurotic messes. And they had to make a law in 1746, a.k.a. Hey! Why don't we invent the sweatshops, 1746? Of course, recently, the Yule Lads and the Yule Cat have gotten kind of Santified. Uh-huh. That's... So they're less horrifying and more cute. Just like my Tom Toms or whatever they were? Yep. So the Yule Lads, um, instead of playing pranks, they still play, play pranks. But they also give gifts for the 13 days leading up to Christmas. There are They still, however, look like nightmare potatoes. Do their gifts relate to what they do? No. They're just like, you leave out your shoes. And when you wake up in the morning, there's, like, candy and little stuff in your shoes. I'd be the one, like, leaving fucking meat hooks in my kid's shoes. It's like, why is there a sausage in here? (laughs) It's been there all night. It smells terrible. And, of course, the Yule Cat is now a reminder to be generous of those less fortunate than you around Christmas so they can have new clothes. That's the opposite of what she does. I know. It's like, it's like, Yule Cat, it's like, uh uh-oh, those homeless people better have new socks or the Yule Cat's gonna eat them. So maybe you should donate some socks to the homeless. So we're still using it as threats, just trying to get people to not be dicks? Yeah. Okay. Yep. However, uh, Gryla is still terrifying. Good. It's like... Stick to your guns, lady. There were teachers talking about it, and when, like, Gryla comes up in classroom, or, like, they see a picture of her in a book, there are still kids that will start crying or try and leave the room. Gryla. I need Gryla. to look her up. Gryla the Christmas witch. She was the one we were talking about first. I know. I need to look her, I need to look up her pictures. But oh, she's terrifying. Okay. There's, like, artist's renderings of hers, where she's just this, like, giant mountain pad, like, looming over a cottage. But then there is the, like, little mascot costume version of her that just looks like a horrifying potato. See, I'm kind of imagining, and it's probably completely wrong, something between a Cyclops and Grindel. Yeah, kind of. It's in that wheelhouse. Of course, she's an old lady, so she's all hunched over in like, a black shawl on. Speaking of books that were a waste of time in high school, Grindel. Because this was kind of short. I also added a little bonus section. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you about a uh, Spanish Christmas tradition. Okay. It's uh, called Cagatillo, or Tío de Nadal. It's the Spanish log that poops candy on Christmas. Why is it called their uncle? I don't know. So it's basically this log 
that's got a little happy face painted on it and a jaunty little hat. And you spend the time leading up to Christmas giving him scrap food and covering up with a blanket to keep him warm. And then you beat him horrifically with sticks and you sing a song. I'm going to sing you a song. Oh, God. By singing you a song, I mean read you a translation. <laughs> okay. It's poop log. Log of Christmas. Don't poop salted herring. They are too salty. Poop turons. They are much better. They are much better is how it ends? Yeah. I love that. So don't give me pickled herring. Yep. Give me some fucking Snickers. So once they have beat all of the candy poop out of the log, then they proceed to burn him on a bonfire. So it's like half pinata, half log. I love everything about this. Yeah, it's really cool. This is the best part. They were asking people about, like, you know, about the origins of this. No one knows. It's like, yeah, we just do it. It's like, why did you start doing it? Do they even have an idea of when it became a thing? No, not really. That seems like a glitch in the Matrix kind of thing. They think it's, it's... Kind of related to the whole Yule Log thing. Uh-huh. It's the, I think it's a similar origin, but they're not really certain. But so just people in uh, this region of Spain just beat candy out of a log and burn it. And they sing a song about poop logs. That's awesome. We also have our weird Christmas traditions. Like we have a fat man who lives in the North Pole who makes toys with the help of slaves. And then he flies everywhere with reindeer and breaks into your house and gives them to you. But only if you've been good. And he's got a list. So... We've got our own weird thing. They've just got a slightly different weird thing. They just have a log that poops candy. Because, I mean, like, hey, I'm getting candy out of this. I'm not going to question it too much. Yeah, that's kind of how, however I get candy. That's why I was brought into so many vans as a child. Oh my gosh, and all of those screaming, crying children at that trunk or treat you robbed. <laughs> so are you ready for some questions? Yes. Will the modern Yule Lads be on the test? The modern ones, yes. Will the historic Yule Lads be on the test? No. What about the Yule Cat? God, I hope so. She kind of has to. She's part of the story and she's nice now. Will Tio de Nadal be on the test? Actually, if, if we're talking about like a high school Spanish class, I think yes. I think that, that, that would have been great for Christmas, like in a Spanish class. Like we're going to talk about this Christmas tradition. And then we're going to beat some poop out of a log. This though is just an interesting little thing. That is so unique to a culture, as long as they don't frame it in a way that makes it something you can make fun of the people for, I think it's fun. Yeah, I would I would absolutely have a Tio Dana doll in my house. Yeah. We might do that next Christmas. So be like, last Christmas I gave you my heart, this Christmas I'm giving you a poop log. Poop log! Don't give me salt herring, it's too salty! <laughs> and lastly, will Gryla be on the test? It depends on the age group, but mostly yeah. no. I feel like it should, because children will have to learn fear. If Iceland taught me anything. Well, it's like, if you're studying one of these languages, it would make sense for her to show up on the test. Mm-hmm. If you're just teaching about cute Christmas traditions from around the world, hell no. Gryla, the Krampus on steroids. Year round. <laughs> you go, Gryla. You know what you want and you're going for it. She wants the entrails of children and she will not be stopped. And I her mean, hunger is eternal. Good for her. Good for her. So what's something you learned today? The reason I get Christmas off is because of Ulysses S. Grant. What did you learn? I did not know about the poop log. Yeah, that's that was a new one to me. I was just looking at other Christmas traditions to like from like beginning thing, like stuff I learned. It's like what they do in Spain. And I realized why we didn't learn about Spain in elementary school. I think elementary school is the perfect time to teach them about the pooping log. Yeah, that'll engage kids like no oh my other. God. I would have I would have been so excited and uh, come on was like, Dad, there's a log that poops and he's like, I'm not buying you that. But you know there'd be those Karens of the world who are like, what are you teaching my baby? We don't poop in this house. No, Karens don't poop. 
That's why they're so they angry. They just excrete it as rage at people who work behind desks. Although, I'll tell you, I went to Target today. It is the Sunday before Christmas, and I went to Target. Everybody was being polite. Even somebody who had a problem was being polite. The girl who checked me out was so happy to be there. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? It was very nice. Did the brainwashing finally work? On the people who work there or the customers? Either. I'll take it. I want the customer brainwashing. I don't want oh people there to get brainwashed. Yes. Maybe, like, enough people who have had to work in retail at some point in their lives are shopping, and those people who've never had to are just dying off of natural causes. Well, people who are our age are the ones who are having babies up to about middle schoolers at this point, so they're the ones who work retail and are now buying a lot of Christmas presents, so hopefully that hopefully people are getting nicer. Oh. So we've talked about what we've learned. Are we going to do anything else? Is there anything else? We're not going to be opening our advent calendars today. Because we've fallen behind because we've been lazy and we left them upstairs. And I'm also really mad at J.K. Rowling. I think we tweeted about why we're mad at J.K. We t- Rowling. We tweeted about it. I'm really struggling with it, actually, because that, that world is my safe place. And now she's telling a certain group of people that they're not allowed in. And that makes me very sad. But that's just another reminder that we shouldn't heroify people. It's something that we talk yeah. about on the podcast a lot, is your heroes will always let you down. And she's let me down in a really big way. We stand with the people she is hurting. We stand with the trans and all of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like you need to be able to separate the artist from their work sometimes. And remember, Voldemort was the villain, and his whole goal was to exclude groups of people he did not agree with, just like other bad historic figures that we will be talking to, to you about throughout this podcast. And I also feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't say, impeachment is moving forward. Yeah, uh, he, he has been impeached. It's on to the Senate now. That's where it's going to end. It's Yeah, the Senate is not I mean, going to period, it has to end there, because legally yeah. that's where it ends. But yeah. Remember, like, what we said, they don't even have to agree to hear it. Yep. They don't have to hear any witnesses. They can take a vote the moment they open. Uh-huh. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. And with Mitchie Poo in charge and all these senators saying that we've been in active talks about with the White House about what they want us to do, it's broken. We had a lot of faith in people to do the right thing when we wrote the system, and that might have been a mistake. But we're, is this a Christmas episode? This is a Christmas episode. Christmas episode! episode. So what do you want most for Christmas? What do I want most for Christmas? Impeachment. <laughs> um, we already have that. You know what I mean. We have impeachment at home. <laughs> what I want most for Christmas is a new car. I want most for Christmas? I even asked this question and I don't know. Red Rider BB gun with compass in the side? You'll shoot your eye out. No, we do legitimately need a new car, guys. So tell your friends to listen to us so we can get that, you know, two cents per listen. We are almost into the double digits on cents and ad money. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, subscribe, like, review, have your friends do that, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that's still where it seems to really matter. I was serious. When your elderly relatives ask you to fix their phones this Christmas, just go into iTunes and, like, give us a five-star rating and a great review. That is a great way for your relatives to pay you for fixing their stuff, is by helping us. And as I always say, if you don't like us, you don't have to review. You don't have to listen. You don't have to be here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if you think we got something wrong or you want to correct us, how can they reach us? Smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or those messenger foxes like in Men in Tights. We are no longer accepting owls. We also do not accept house elves. We are against house elf enslavement of any kind, and that includes your elf on the shelf, kids. Oh my god. Elf on the shelf. That's a really creepy thing. I think that might be creepier than any of the Yule Lads. Oh, 100%. Moves around the house at night. It's like... If Toy Story was reporting to the NSA. It's making your kids scared. Santa's kind of a vague thing. It's like Santa's watching. He's not there literally staring at you. 
And also, it's like, what else are your kids going to be cool with that later? Like, are they going to be cool with their boss watching them through webcam while they work to make sure they're doing a good job? Mm-hmm. Are they the ones who invented that uncomfortable toilet to increase productivity at work? Oh, yeah, the toilet with the slant so that, like, you can't get away from work for ten goddamn minutes in silence and peace. That was made in England. I feel like it would violate the Americans Disabilities Act because it's at a slightly different height than a standard toilet. And if you have gastrointestinal problems, back problems, leg problems, anything like that, and you cannot effectively move, you got a lawsuit, bro. Oh, it's all it's going to take is one, like, extra greasy employee sliding off that thing and breaking his tailbone, and you got a lawsuit. So we can't have these (laughs) at the KFC. (laughs) No! (laughs) You can actually find us on Twitter at OnTheTestPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod, or at onthetestpod.com. We also have an email address, but you can just use our contact form on the website. We also don't check the email, so reach out to us on the socials. We should really get an Instagram and be like the cool kids. That was the worst time to put up our super cool Harry Potter office on Instagram. It'll just be pictures Shit. of the cats. Pictures of cats. Everyone loves cats. Oh, and our snake. We have a snake. We have a sp- snake named Spaghetti. She hangs out next to us in every podcast. She actually likes to get up and judge us. And we have a fish named Captain because he looks like the captain from Your Mother or part of him looks happy and part of him looks mean. So yeah, you'll get pictures of our pets and I guess we could probably find relevant things. Eh. Eh. Maybe we can dress up our cats in historic costumes. So yeah, keep an eye on our social media. I'll probably make an Instagram so we can be like the cool kids. I'm going to make Fezzik a sheep coat clawed costume. What? Sheep coat clawed. What's that? Well, he's the Yule Lab with the peg legs. Oh, okay. God, I just cat- talked about this. I couldn't understand you. Sheep coat clawed. Yeah, Fezzik has three legs. Oh, three feet. Three feet. <laughs> he has ten minutes until food time. We actually need to go. We gotta go to my Oh shit, we gotta go. We gotta stop recording. So, folks, this holiday season, no matter what you celebrate or if you celebrate nothing at all, be nice to each other, be safe, don't drink too much if you're especially if you're planning on driving. And if you do drink too much, like Lyft and Uber are cheap. Be nice, be safe, be really good to the people who work behind counters. Yes. And with that, class, class dismissed. dismissed. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>